Have you ever accidentally tripped and fallen out of reality for a few minutes? If so, you might be having a moderately mediocre Monday. Hello and welcome to the Moderately Mediocre the other podcast. Excellent episode seventeen. Episode seventeen. As you can guess here, this is a podcast about mediocrity and moderate amounts of it. Uh, speaking of moderate amounts, we are shoveling far larger than moderate amounts of pizza and garlic fingers into our mouths. It's moderate adjacent. It's moderate adjacent. Um, I am one of your hosts, Richard. I am TJ. And we've also got... India Beer. Wow. India Beer, Cracked Canoe, Logan. Yeah. The man, the We're myth, all the legend. The same person. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of things that are Canadian. Oh, God. Donair sauce. Oh, yeah. And don't, well, donairs aren't Canadian, but garlic yeah. fingers. Specifically, East Coast. It's because garlic sauce is East Coast. Donairs are East Coast. Donairs are East Coast? Yes, what? I thought they originated from, like, Lebanon or something. I don't think so. No, that's like gyros. Donairs oh. are, like, kind of a play on I was just gyros, like, you're thinking gyros, gyros, whatever you want to call yeah. them. But. Gyros? Gyros? I don't know. Gyros. Either, either way. G-Y-R-O-G-Y-I-G-Y-R-O-S. Jesus. That's not how you spell Jesus. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> Luna, do not look at me like that. You're not getting my garlic fingers. She's out here fucking hustling. This bitch he out here soliciting. giving me the eyes. Anyway. What's yeah. new with you? What is new with me? I'm in a fresh relationship. Ooh, is it official? It's official. <laughs> oh my god. Look at the look at the spot that made on Audacity. Anyway. Um besides that, I am living the dream, living the life, working two jobs. Two? Yeah. What's the second one? I'm back in on the counseling. Uh, sorry, not counseling. Um, the other thing Consulting. Oh, consulting. of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If bartending is like same thing. Counsel- <laughs> counseling is one of my older jobs, but we're back on the consulting. Um, besides that, what's going on? Uh, I love that, though, for you. Um, so happy. Great girl. Great relationship. Yeah. I'm just reaching. I'm reaching for a piece. Oh, we got we got a slice of pizza. You're gonna give us a bite. Oh, a piece has landed on the floor that Luna's gonna devour. What is it? Is it a pepper? She can't. No, it's just a piece of beef. Hmm. Anyway, what's new with you guys? Uh, TJ currently has her mouth full of things. So, (sighs) Logan, what's uh, so bad? What's new with you? Like nothing really. What do you mean? Just work. What do you mean nothing? Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. I go to work. I come home from work. Um. Work sucks. Don't do it. Zero to ten. You're going to start with hockey again. Oh, yeah. We're going playing that all summer, though. Soccer starts up, though. That'll be fun. As you can tell, we live really exciting lives here. So exciting. Yeah. How much of that did you just put on your pizza? A Far fair amount. Oh, my judge. God. Okay. He's talking about the sauce. The cheese is under the sauce. <laughs> 
Jeez, I don't want to talk to you anymore. TJ, what's up with you? Um, Anything new? I am starting a different. So moving right along. Uh, no, I'm teasing. You're starting a different. I'm starting a different position at work. Ooh. Only temporarily. It's not a huge different like different place or whatever like that. It's just um, a different project. And I'm super excited about it. It's only for four months. And I'm going to be working from home for the majority of it. That's not bad. So that means that my chronic lateness will hopefully uh, <laughs> subside itself. You've only sort of got chronic lateness. We were talking about this on the way over. We were supposed to pick Richard up for this uh, when? Like 6.30? Yeah. We, we were supposed to start recording at, at 6 30. And it's been what time one is week it? since you looked at me. 8 18. That's all right. We're also very early for recording. Typically, we do this like Sunday the night before we release. So this oh! is fun. Speaking of which, it's September 28th right now. And I know it's going to be Monday when you guys hear this, but it's Hillary Duff's birthday today. Oh. Great, I forgot she was alive. No, don't ever say that to me ever again. Because she's literally God's gift to humanity, Earth itself. It's just, she is the best person I've ever seen. I've never met her. But she is the best person I've ever seen. Okay. Lizzie McGuire was a childhood staple. Did you not watch Lizzie McGuire? Lizzie McGuire was a fake. Of course it was fiction. But it absolutely detailed all of my whole life. I used to think in, like, having my own monologued character, like Lizzie McGuire did. And if any of you That's out called there, schizophrenia. Fuck off. <laughs> if any of you also, <laughs> you know, relate in this fact, because these bitches are looking at me like I've got ten heads. See, no, I, I'm going to call bullshit. Why? Because I have a very hard time believing that there was only a single voice monologuing inside your head at any given point in time. Yeah, he's I, got he's got a complete cool point. Yeah, I'm. I oh. often joke that I have like seven different personalities. It's no joke. Just mm. hanging out inside my head, and it's not. I'm not like giving light to situations where there's like actual like, clinically diagnosed conditions about these. Things. Why are your sandals like six sizes too big? And they're Logan's. Because they're my sandals. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Mine were in reach. Okay. I just I just really like oversized footwear. So right. your feet swell, you know? Sorry, I didn't mean to make funny for that. How about my big feet? Yeah. Do you know what big feet mean? Big something about large penises. Big no, Definitely shit. not. Big Because that's that's been deep. Big <laughs> stupid energy. What? No, it just larger larger footwear. Yeah, big feet means larger footwear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, anyway, uh... Causation, what, not correlation. What have you brought for me today? Oh, fuck, I have to start. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, you're oh, in my. for a treat. Good. Let me go. Put my pizza down real quick. That's a slice of pizza being put down. Um, this is me chewing. Oh, I hate it. ASMR. Oh. Okay, so... My topic for this afternoon, evening... Oh, well, I guess Monday morning. All you Monday morning... I hate whatever you're doing right now. Okay. I think this episode should be just dedicated to all of the things that you hate. Uh, And me being all of them. Okay. I was going to say, 
Let's introduce this as a topic dedicated to TJ. No, I'm kidding. This is TJ's. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, fine. All right, so um, having, you know, a house now, and I mean, we had it in our apartment too. One of the constants that I think that we've brought to this house are fruit flies. And, um. Oh. What? This is not what I thought you were going to say. I'd like to keep you on your toes. So fruit flies I don't are... have toes. Doritos. I think I'd be a thug. I think I'd be a thug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you know what that quote's from? No! I don't know what any of these quotes sad. are. You know what me and movies are. It's from Shrek 2. Oh, I'm sad. That's okay, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the sorry. Wor- the worst part is when I'm like, Luke, I am your father, which is not actually the quote, but. And I'm like, TJ, what's that from? And you're like, I don't Star know. Trek? No, I know that one. That one's Star Wars. But that's not actually Star Wars. It's, uh, no. I am your father. I knew anyway, that. Sorry, I knew that. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Okay. Okay. Straight out of Nightville. I'm going to actually curb stomp both of you. Please yeah, do. You are. Okay. Please. Your feet so can't raise high enough. My topic is, is about the hidden. I might. The hidden. Be tried for murder. Oh. No. Not again. The, the hidden lives of fruit flies. Oh. What, all seven days of it? Actually, that's a myth. <gasps> burr, burr, burr. Is that black flies? your brain right now. Is that black flies? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure black flies. Okay. You, 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 do you debunk my brain? I have. I will debunk your brain. I have a quandary I have to look up for myself. I don't know what the fucking word means. Look it up! I. I'm trying to do a topic! Tell me the thing! Okay, so fruit flies, they're like one of their most important species is Drosophila melanogaster. Melanogaster. And it's used in a lot of like research experiments and stuff. But most importantly, I want to strive to to hit this home that Drosophila, Drosophila means do lover, and Melanogaster means dark gut. What are you talking about? So the the species name, the taxonomical name for a fruit fly is Dros- Drosophila melanogaster. I can't say that. I'm word. pretty sure that's a Disney villain or no, something. No, it's not. No, that's the thing. I remember doing a bio lab on it first year. Yeah. No, no, but I mean, it sounds like Drosophila melanogaster. Yeah. Or maybe like a Game of Thrones. It. I was about to think. Yeah, like it kind of has a Game of Thrones vibe to it. Um, but yeah, so they're actually like little, little, little tiny little flies. There's a few of them that like you could get kind of get them mixed up in. Um, but the reason why I wanted to do this, because I was in my kitchen and I was basically developing, trying to figure out a plan to deal with the fruit flies and honestly started to wonder what their ecological process was or purpose, I guess is. Because they, like, honestly don't... I wanted to try and remove the, like, egotistical bias that they solely exist to piss me off. Because I think that that doesn't help the relationship that I have with the fruit flies. What if it's just, instead of pissing you off, it's just to piss me off? That I can get behind. Okay. Because I am... I contribute to that daily. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Literally daily. Despite what everyone may think. We don't actually hate each other that much. No, 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 no. <laughs> but we do a little. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
I'm just gonna dig into a little bit of like the biology. Hit all you want. Go ahead. I'm gonna dig into the biology about fruit flies, and then I'm gonna go into like some of the reasons why they make such good subjects for research, and then I'm gonna get into how you get rid of them in your house, and then. Good subjects for research. Frick yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay, I'm getting to it. You'll have your turn, okay? I don't know anything about science. So, (laughs) fruit flies, so the adults are around one-eighth of an inch with red eyes, and they have a little, like, they kind of range from colors to colors, but, like, most of them have a really dark gut, like a a tannish gut. And that's what melanogaster means. Oh. Because, like, melana... I'm assuming, I'm not, I don't actually know this because I didn't look into this super far, but Milano is like melanin, like pigment, and then gaster, I'm assuming is something about intestinal stuff. Sure. Gastro, yeah. Yeah, Gastroenteritis. When females lay eggs, um, they could honestly average around 500. They usually lay about 100 at a time, but throughout their entire life, they average around 500 eggs. I hate that. Um, How long do they live? They normally live in ideal conditions around 40 to 50 days. But most of the time, if it's not ideal conditions, it's usually around 10 to 11 days. So it is longer longer than I thought. Longer than I would have expected. Yeah, I was always told that they would live maybe one to two days, and then that was it. I heard about a week. About a week. Also, sorry if you guys can hear pages turning. I'm trying to find my notes for today. I would like for your book report to be like put up at the end of class, please. No, actually, I need this, to give it a sticker. This one legitimately will have an article posting because of who you are as a person. I have to. Okay. So basically, before they get into an adult stage, like what happens is the female lays the egg. And then the egg essentially goes into a sort of metamorphosism. And I love a good metamorphosism. Actually, fun fact. <laughs> Hilary Duff has an album. Oh, Why are we so God. on Hilary Duff today? Named Metamorphosis. <laughs> it's a pretty good one, actually. What did she do? Did she do something recently? Uh, just grace the earth with her presence. She's amazing. Okay. I am shocked that you don't think that she's, like, the hottest person in the world. Because I do. <laughs> Sorry, I've, lo- I've looked in the mirror before, so, like, you know. Oh, bam. I'm Roasted. Kidding. Roasted it to Hillary. You're roasting um, it to Hillary. I actually used to own a Stuff by Duff uh, doorbell for my bedroom. It was what the a, fuck is this? I don't it was her. I feel like that's I don't. really not the flex you think it is. I don't want to ask anymore. Continue with your story, please. Sorry, okay. Um, well, metamorphosis includes uh, the egg, then it goes to a larval stage, which is kind of worm-like, and then it goes into a pupa, and then all of a sudden you have a flying adult. Um, the larval stage has three instars, which is a... Wait, sen- wait, it's called a flying adult? Yes. Oh, I hate that. Because the adult is obviously flying, but yeah, the yeah, pupas yeah. Is, aren't. Is there a crawling adult? Oh. Uh, no, but... Well, I, I don't... Th- not necessarily. It's just like eight to ten hours after the adult emerges from the pupa, it has to wait until its wings kind of Dry develop off. and yeah, yeah, like kind Ugh. of fully, fully. I don't like that. Break at all. out itself. Um, so what happens in a regular cycle is day zero, the female lays the eggs, and then day one, the eggs hatch. So they literally only take a day to hatch, and then 
day two, the first instar happens. So that's basically like there's a little larval like... Instar? Instar, yeah. So a larval stage, these larval stages have three instars, which is just basically subsequent like stages of development. Okay, trimesters. Um, I guess, sure, <laughs> sure. So first instar is a small little worm-like thing, and then the second instar happens on day three, and then the third instar happens on day five. And so after the third instar, it's ready to go into like an actual like pupation. I mean, no, it's called pupuration, which I thought was funny. It was a good word. Pupuration? Yeah, so the larval will start roaming and get ready for pupuration. <laughs> and that, that, that stage will last around 120 hours. And then, this is the greatest word out of this whole thing. Better than pupuration. Right. Better than pupuration. Day 11, exclosion happens. Exclosion? Where they emerge from the pupa. That sounds horribly sexual in a weird way. Yeah. Okay. And then they come as a flying adult. <laughs> that lasts about two days. Uh, and then... Great. And then the female becomes sexually so mature after eight hours. So after eight hours after she's out of out of the pupa, after she becomes she, after sexually... After she's exclosed? Exclosed, yeah. I hate this. Mm. Like, it's fascinating stuff, but like... It's oh, gross, isn't it? It's gross. But you kind of... The whole goal of this is to gain an appreciation for something that I literally just wanted to go on a fucking killing spree for. Because I wanted to okay. challenge my own belief in yeah. thinking like, these are just literal pests. And I wanted to kind of like come at it they, from a they biological... Ex- like side of it though being like these are fascinating because sure. they have a purpose sure they're fascinating but they're still pests oh absolutely but both oh, okay. both can be true sure fair enough um so anyways what happens is you have really neat writing this is actually really bad for me i'm sorry i don't you have neat writing too ish. like wonder. yours is look logan's kind of looks like fucking chicken scratches but the chicken he's is, a doctor he's not. I'm not. Well, Doctor Doolittle, maybe. Yeah. You're so good at the animals. That's why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the fun, fun, fun thing. This is this better be fun. It it's is a lot of fun. All right. I'm expecting fun. Fun, fun, fun. That's three funs. What do we got? So after they become sexually mature, which is eight hours after pupation, or after they're out of after exclusion, they. Can engage in a mating dance. The male a dance. Ap- a dance. They approach the female slowly, drumming his feet on her head. Oh. Just picture that for a second. <laughs> drumming your feet on her head. Picture that in human because it's I know it's, it's just like takes foot fetishes to a whole other level. It's oh, like a. I don't like where we've gone with this. Blend the bongos. On your head. You've ruined this. With your feet. You're like doing flutter kick in your forehead. No offense to anyone with a foot fetish. This is definitely not king shaming. It's just I don't I don't like it. You're digging yourself a hole. It's fine. Okay, so then after that happens, which may or may not happen, it depends on the fly. Um, both flies drag their feet from side to side, kind of like a dosito. <laughs> While facing each other. What? And then before they get ready to do the deed, the male spreads his wings and then twists them down and as he holds his He lady. does the fucking twist before he bangs? Pretty well. Jesus. And the bar has been set. What is this, the 1920s? 
Well, I don't, I don't know when the twist came out. I don't know either, actually. All I remember is like that old phone commercial that was for old people. That was the Jitterbug. <laughs> and it was like named after, obviously, like a good dance. But it, the Jitterbug's thing was like, phones are too complicated nowadays. Here's a phone with just all of the buttons for I numbers. I don't really know anything about that. Was it, was it Biggie Smalls who did the twist? Shut your mouth. No. Shut your mouth. Who did the twist? Biggie Smalls. Okay, I'm going to look it He's up. He's a rapper, my guy. The twist. Fuck, it was Chubby Checker. Shit. Anyway. Chubby Checker. Chubby Checker. But he, he did the twist. And then he came out with another twist. And it was like... Come on, let's twist again like we did last summer. Come on, let's twist again. I like that song. Like we did last year. It's actually pretty good. But but that was the second twist. You're right. So what was the first twist? Uh, Do the twist. I don't know. But, but the one I was doing was let's twist again. I'm pretty sure the original was... Twist the, and shout. The twist. Oh, just the twist. Anyway, I apologize. That's neither here nor there. Chubby Checker, you you the okay, real. Okay, no, we got it. Nineteen sixty. So let's twist again. Was a cover of Hank Ballard and the Midnighters R and B song The Twist. Oh my God! It was a cover. Thank you, Wikipedia. Holy smokes! I was totally off base. Anyway, I apologize. Either way, though. I feel like that's still, like, the same, though. Like, there was a twist, and then all of a sudden, let's twist again. (laughs) There was a twist, and then there was, let's do it again. What a plot twist! (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yes. Essentially, they do the twist before they do the deed. And then, like, there's been, you know, a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of studies on... um, why are people researching fruit flies? Well, I'm about to tell ya. You'll I be... wish you'd tell me right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Thank you. Um, well, I actually compiled a list of the reasons uh, why why they're really good research um, subjects. Nerd. Fuck off. Okay, so they're small and easily handled, obviously. Okay. A lot of the times when you, you're doing, like, you know, research on animals or anything like behavioral studies or whatever, like, animal handling is sometimes an obstacle so the fact that they're small and easily handled are chef's kiss they're sexually dimorphic which basically means that males and females look different physically and so they're easily distinguished so you could look at a male fly and be like that's a male and you could look at a female fly and be like that's a female whereas some species you can't tell the difference it's like uh what are they called uh what are what are the like super 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 deep fish where the male is like this tiny little angler fish yeah the female is just this massive... It's not massive. She's like the size of a toonie. What? Yeah. I know. Animal Planet lied to us. What? I thought they were huge. Dude. Yep. Same. Oh my god. How small are the males then? They're super like, The size of a fucking... I don't want to say I don't want to say all anglerfish are that size, but like the ones that you see on on like, you know, Animal Planet and shit. Like sure. those documentaries. Like the, the reason why there's blackness in the background is because... the they like they're blown up to make it look huge. I thought the blackness in the background was because they were so deep the sunlight wasn't getting down there. Well, yes, but the 
You're crazy. The tell me, tell me of, more about these black flies. I'm just saying. And you know lanternfish? Lanternfish aren't the ones with the little lanterns on the top, by the way. The, I thought those were anglerfish. No. So there's lanternfish, which are different. Which Am I little, an idiot? No, no, no. You're just misled. So <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're little fish with little photophores. And like well, photophores are just like really reflective surfaces on their bodies. Yeah. And that's why they're called lanternfish. There are fish that have anglers, like those little ones that you said, like, yeah. Is that angler not an fish. angler then? The ones that have like the little light on their... Yes, those are anglers, their... but these lantern fish aren't that. They're different. Alright. And so what's a hatchet fish? A hatchet fish are fish with ginormous teeth. And by ginormous, I mean relative as oh, well. Because they are those still Those are the ones that actually can't close their jaws the full Yeah, they're like, yeah, they yeah. literally have like fucking a low... They, they, they have a dentist's dream to work on. That's not good. Anyway, pl- please tell us more about these fruit flies. Okay. Fruit flies? So, black flies? I forget. Fruit flies. Fruit flies. God damn. Okay. They also... Okay, so this one I think you'll find funny. But virgin fruit flies are physically distinct from breeding adults. <laughs> virgin fruit flies. They are physically distinct. You can literally pick a virgin fruit fly out from a crowd. Be like, that's a virgin. That's what I... That just sounds kind of mean. That does sound mean. I'm not okay, yes, care. but for genetic... Luna, are you drinking beer? I'm trying to. Gen- well, yeah, there's a dog on the can. Right, a dog anyway, sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. I keep butting in. We're all over the place. It's fine. We're all over the place. We're just like a fucking spilt jar We're like a of fruit fly. salsa. All over the place. That's weird. Okay. So, um, this is where I'm kind of going with this. It's beneficial for genetic crossing. So, because their life genetic cycle... Genetic cumberbatch? <laughs> Bunaduked cumberduch. <laughs> sorry. Um, but the fact that, like, genetics, like, it's often difficult to have a subject studied in genetics that has, like, you have to wait for years for something to, you know, mature, and then you have to wait until they, you know, have babies to, to, like, figure out their specific, like, genotypes and phenotypes and whatever else for genetics, like, testing. Of course. What you can do with fruit flies, because their life cycle literally is, like, regeneration in a matter of days can speed up this process and you can actually like take a virgin so like you can you can pick a virgin out of a crowd and mate it with a male to figure out what the male's genotype is and then you can figure out what sounds like what genes from that male went to the female or vice versa i mean sure but like it's it's kind of helpful to like figure out biological things like behaviors if things are like nurture versus nature sure um but yeah also uh the care and culture regimes require very little equipment because these flies are really small like i said one eighth of an inch so you could have a fuck ton of them and whole different populations you could if you're taking care of these things i've read somewhere that like you could have like a nice breeding colony excuse me for like Years on end. Just a casual breeding yeah. colony of fruit flies. Well, yeah, for like laboratory studies, one right? Banana. So you could you could virtually, you know, study genetics in its one population for whatever work you're doing for years and years and years and generations and generations and generations. So it's really really interesting. Huh. One of the most interesting things actually that I read though came from um, a laboratory in. USC Dornsife College of Letters and Arts and Science. Okay. Um, the laboratory of Sergey Nudston. Uh, he's a professor uh, 
professor. <laughs> she's your professor. He's a professor of biological sciences, and they do a lot of studies on, on fruit flies for like behavior stuff. And okay. they've seen that some males express aggression when mating. And usually, like, when you come, like, when you see, you know, I don't know, shit in the Serengeti where you have, like, really, really tough lions beating out other male lions for dominance and, like, wanting to, to get to the female to, like, have, like, uh, like to capitalize on, like, the female breeding colony. Okay. Um, they often win, right? Like, the most aggressive male wins or the most dominant male wins. In this case, they were kind of, like, looking at that being, like, oh, well, is it the same thing here where the most, you know, macho fruit fly guy comes in and steals the ladies. The alpha fruit fly? The alpha fruit fly. And it's not always the case. And they've kind of figured out that non-aggression was actually sometimes favored in social situations where females were like, you're not causing the ruckus, I want to fuck you instead. Sounds about right. Um... So I, I was talking to you last episode about my friend Rebecca, and she was also telling me that there's no real such thing as like the alpha male and like wolf packs and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Is yeah. it more so like matriarch? I don't think it's more so matriarch. I think it's kind of like what you're saying right now, and that it's not always like the aggressor that mm-hmm. becomes the. But I'll have to ask her more about that later. Well, yeah, it's interesting because like most like. Literally, they, they, they stated that, essentially, the wooing of a female often depends more on the social, like, environment that the male creates, rather than how mm. aggressive they are. That makes sense. So, if they help the environment, if they kind of, like, make it in, like, I don't know, like, in, it, it's different with different groups and different populations of fruit flies, but, like, for the most part, if the male fruit fly is involved in creating a better social environment for everybody they're mm-hmm. more attracted to them okay that makes sense more willing to woo more willing to woo Woo-hoo. when they make the better environment that makes sense that's why billionaires are so never mind anyways <laughs> you have so many notes oh my god okay so the last bit that i'm gonna do is i this wouldn't be a fruit fly episode if i didn't have a tip or trick to try and get rid of them because as much as they are pests like we are much as i want to appreciate them they are still pests they're the worst. Um, because, of course, this generation time of having all these individuals... Luna, you get away from that pizza. She's sneaking in. Um, the thing that makes them beneficial to research, having <clears throat> a short generation time, makes them also a hindrance for everyday people who like to cook and have compost. So, basically, um, the ways to get rid of them is that you seal any cracks in any window... In any door, anything like that, like, you you really have to kind of hunker down on that or else they'll get in from the outside as the mm. wild types. And uh, oftentimes they actually come into your house via unwashed fruits and vegetables. Yep. So you could be in the supermarket already with fruit fly eggs on it and you wouldn't have no idea. I was just no saying, idea. that's coming in as eggs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that I'm a disgusting human being and I'm going to change my ways, I'm vowing this on the podcast right now, I normally don't really wash my vegetables and stuff it depends on It depends on the vegetable for me. Like what do you mean? If you're going to peel it, you don't wash it? If I don't peel it, I'm not going to bother washing it because yeah. I'm pulling off the peel anyway. But like potatoes, mushrooms, um, most peppers and stuff like that, I will wash just mm-hmm. because people thumb them and finger they them. They do, don't they? Yeah, so like I, I'm more washing my fruit. Do you fruit. touch fruit? No. Oh, okay. 
No. Do you I'm, touch fruit? Like, like, are you are you a fruit toucher in the supermarket? I like, can usually tell just by the look of it. To right. Be but like every now and again, I'll pick up like I don't know an apple, mm-hmm. and if it's squishy, I'm yeah. like, oh. I feel like peaches are the ones that you need to touch. I don't get peaches. Oh. We don't really get peaches that often either, but because I'm the only one that eats them. But I mean. It is what it is. So basically, the moral of the story is that I need to change my fucking ways and wash my goddamn produce. Logan's going to be like, wait until that happens. <laughs> Logan's like... He'll like, I'll report back later and let you yeah, know that I'm not yeah. going to fucking touch that. Luna, you're not getting these garlic fingers. Get out. Um. So basically, the way to get rid of them, other than, you know, try abstinence... Uh, <laughs> Basically means just you know, oh close your gosh. windows. Um, is to construct a trap, and you can like don't get sucked in by the, all these fucking traps that are you can buy in like the supermarket and shit. Like, there's. So I want to see what you're gonna say. Because say, I know what works. So for for the bot ones, as someone who works in a bar, the ones you buy don't work. So if you work in a bar, you've got everything that you need readily available. Of course. So basically, what the what the interweb web. Oh, I got most of this shit off of Orkin.com. You have then, so many notes. And, well, other sites too, but I can't remember the name of them. Um, you didn't write down your sources as you were reading through I them? I do that as my day job. Too. I don't want to do it as my pastime. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but yes, basically construct a trap out of a glass and you fill it with some apple cider vinegar or something similar where you have like a sweetness to it and an acidity. Um, and then cover it with a lid with perforated holes. Uh, lid could be maybe like saran wrap, poke holes in it, or like a, a funnel thing. You put a little thing over with holes in it. Like literally a mason jar lid, too. A mason jar lid, yeah. Like just something that So I've always wondered about the out. saran wrap lid. Do they go in through the holes? Yeah. Okay. That's what we yeah, they'll go in through the holes, but they can't I was figured the holes out. were a little too small for them or something. No, you poke them with a toothpick and you make them kind of wide enough okay. that they'll get in. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you poke it with a toothpick. You can't get in through like the whole. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then it states here too. I don't know if this is just an Orkin thing or if it's like a legit thing. I mean, it sounds kind of a legit thing. Like if you have a legit infestation, like you are overrun by fruit flies, mm. you will likely not be able to get rid of them unless you address all of the sources in which they are coming from. So, like, all of your produce, all, like, throw out, or, like, I guess, compost, all of your, like, old banana peels and shit. Like, yeah, like yeah. or wash your fruit. Like, you gotta, you gotta really hunker down on this because all sites need to be eliminated before the issue is considered resolved. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the way I have. Basically, again, I just wanted to challenge our own beliefs because that's what I'm about here. Like, I feel like that's kind of my my ah. my shtick. Like, I really like being like, I have this fucking bias. I'm out here just like clapping my hands like it's fucking YMCA every day in the kitchen trying to kill these things. So okay. And. Yes, they're annoying. Yes, they're pests. But even pests have a purpose that should be appreciated. And so dehumanizing... That's why you've got Luna. Stop. She's not a pest. (laughs) Well, Luna, are you a pest? But 
Anyways, the take-home message is that dehumanizing or refusing to empathize with other species will just only lead to further species loneliness. Dehumanizing? Well, I don't want to say dehumanize, but something similar where you're just like basically taking all empathy out of it. You're like, I don't fucking care about these because I hate them. And you're like, wait, where do they even come from? Okay. Wasps. Okay, I maybe next week I'll take into wasps <laughs> because I literally can't stand those fuckers. No, don't give me any empathy towards wasps. I hate them. I also hate them, but that doesn't mean that they don't deserve to be here. No, they deserve to die. They absolutely do. I'm not on board with this. They serve no purpose. All right. I'm not on board. You Anyways, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk about Drosophila melanogaster, and uh, I expect a pop quiz next week. <laughs> that was good. Um, I don't think it's a pop quiz if you tell us about it in advance. No, I want you guys to quiz me because I'm Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to swap the... Uh... I like trivia. Okay. Sorry, continue. I'm going to eat my pizza now. I'm going to swap the, uh, <laughs> the the narrative incredibly right now. Is it going to get real dark? In a way. Uh-oh. Um, I, have, I have titled this section uh, 19 going on 77 years missing. Flight 19. Jesus. <clears throat> In December of 1945, after the conclusion of the Second World War, a small training exercise would lead to the prominent mystery that is still unsolved 77 years later. <laughs> uh, this also kick-started the true suspicion and conspiracy theories revolving around the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, the Bermuda Triangle itself spans nearly... Half a million square miles from Florida to Bermuda to Puerto Rico. The area encompasses the many small and mishmashed islands of the Florida Keys, and it gained notoriety in the mid-20th century for a large number of ships and aircrafts uh, disappearing within its extensive area. What do you want? Oh, I guess I'm not talking into the mic. <laughs> Uh, while many of the disappearances can be easily debunked as rough seas, dangerous cargo, or simply becoming lost at sea, uh, the disappearance of Flight 19 still stands as a strange and unsolved mystery. So, Flight 19. Is this Flight the first 19. occurrence of things disappearing in the Bermuda Triangle? Not the first, but this is the first like big one that really... Raised suspicion? Raised suspicion. Uh, so, like... Honestly, History Channel's, uh, it, it did an article called The Mysterious Disappearance of Flight 19 by Evan Andrews. I'm going to post a link to this in both the, like, bio the bio and stuff when we post it out. But he just, he worded it so well, there's not really a better way that I can put it. So I'm mm -hmm. just going to read verbatim what he said. <clears throat> it began as nothing more than a routine flight at 2.10 p.m. on December 5th, 1945. Five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers, which are the planes. Torpedo bombers? Torpedo bombers. So Avenger? 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 Avenger torpedo bombers. Deadpool, so is that you? Oh. Avenger did you know torpedo Deadpool's going in the Avengers? I'm sorry. Is Avenger this torpedo bombers. This is literally just what you guys did to me. Avenger torpedo bombers are Let's airplanes. See how many times you're going to say this? Are airplanes that drop torpedoes that would hit 
boats and be that submarines or wait what kind of i'm not talking about <laughs> uh anyway avenger five five of these tbm avenger torpedo bombers took off from naval air station in fort lauderdale florida these planes, collectively known as Flight 19, so there's five of these guys. Oh! Oh, there were a bunch. I, didn't know. I yep. thought they were just one plane. No, no, no. This is, this is five different planes that were... Five Avenger bombers. Five Avenger bombers. Um, uh, they were to tackle a three-hour exercise known as Navigation Problem Number 1. Their triangular flight pattern called for them to head east from the Florida coast and conduct bombing runs at a place called Hens and Chicken Shoals. They would then turn north and proceed over Grand Bahama Island before changing course a third time and flying southwest back to base. Save for one plane that only carried two men, each of the Avengers were crewed by three Navy men or mariners. By mariners, I mean marines. Wait, okay, so one of them had two, all of them had three. Yeah, so all of them had three, except for one that had two. Um, Most of whom had logged around 300 hours in the air. I also heard that this was not true, and that most... So, so, okay, before before we really dive into this, there's a lot of conspiracy theory around this, in that um, the majority of the pilots themselves, besides the captain of the five-plane crew were very, very, very new to this with having logged maybe 20 to 30 hours. This article is stating that they had about, like, each of them had 300 hours in the air. Oh. Which is very hard to prove otherwise. Anyway. They didn't have, like, a log book or anything. Yeah. So the flight's leader was Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor, an experienced pilot and veteran of several combat missions in World War II's Pacific Theater. It is known that he had, I believe it was over 2,000 hours of uh, flight? of flight combat, basically, in his logs. So so he was super experienced. Yeah, so he, like, he, he literally was an Air Force veteran. Um, at first, Flight 19's hop proceeded just as smoothly as the previous 18 that day. Taylor and his pilots buzzed over hens and chicken shoals around 2.30 p.m., and drop their practice bombs without incident. I don't know if practice bombs are actual bombs or if they're just like dropping. Not detonated or yeah, anything. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but shortly after the patrol uh, turned north for the second leg of its journey, something very strange happened. For reasons that are still unclear, Taylor became convinced that his Avengers compass was malfunctioning and that his planes had been flying in the wrong direction. The troubles only mounted after. <clears throat> Mounted, not <laughs> mounted. Mounted after the front blew in... That's a weird sound. Oh, up front. The trouble only mounted after a front blew in and brought rain, gusting winds, and heavy cloud cover. Like weather. So this is another thing that is heavily contested in the actual lore of this. Because when they left off, it was a perfectly clear, cloudless day. day. Um, there's a lot of things that have been added in later to this story as kind of like embellishments and something right to make it more interesting exactly and it's believed that this entire storm is added in as an embellishment to the to the actual flight itself uh however that being said through actual like uh what do you call the like logs where you can hear the radio yeah like the radio chatter between 
stations? Yeah. Between planes? Well, it was between the planes and the airbase. Oh, like air traffic control. Yeah, so anyway, they... they, uh, Flight 19 became hopelessly de- disoriented with one pilot saying, I don't know where we are, on one, and we must have gotten lost after that last turn. Lieutenant Robert F. Cox, another Navy flight instructor who was flying near the Florida coast, was the first to overhear the patrol's radio communications. He immediately informed the air station of the situation and then contacted the Avengers to ask if they needed assistance. <clears throat> with a quote... Both my compasses are out, and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida, end quote, Taylor said, his voice sounding anxious. Quote, I'm over land, but it's broken. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far down, end quote. Taylor's claim didn't seem to make sense. He'd made his schedule pass over Hens and Chicken Shoals in the Bahamas less than an hour earlier, but he now believed he and his planes had somehow drifted hundreds of miles off course ended up in the Florida Keys. So, like, Bahamas and Florida, while they are close geometrically, very, very far for, like, an hour's worth of flight travel. Really? Uh, The 27-year-old had just transferred to Fort Lauderdale from Miami, and many have since speculated that he may have confused some of the islands of the Bahamas for the Keys. So, the Bahamas have this place called... it's not called the Bahama Cays, but it's, it's, it's another set of mismatched like, little islands. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very much believed he mistook these for the Florida Keys. Um, under normal circumstances, pilots lost in the Atlantic were supposed to point their planes towards the setting sun and fly west towards the mainland. But Taylor had become convinced that he might be over the Gulf of Mexico. What? Hoping to locate the Florida Peninsula, he made a fateful decision to f- a decision to steer Flight 19 northeast, a course that would only take them even farther out to sea. Some of his pilots seemed to have recognized that he was making a mistake with, quote, Damn it, one man griped over the radio. If we could just fly west, we would get home. Taylor was eventually persuaded to turn around and head west, but shortly after 6 p.m., this is Four and a half hours after takeoff. Oh my god. How much uh, do they ga- like gas do they have? So was that an issue or no? I don't know to be entirely honest. So we'll read further. He seems to have cancelled the order and once again changed direction. So like they it seems that they went out, this guy was like, Yo, if go we just go back, we're gonna make it. So they went back a little bit of a ways and then Taylor was like, No, no. And quoted, We didn't go far enough east still worried that he might be over the gulf. We may as well just turn around and go east again. His pilots probably argued against the decision. Some investigators even believe that one plane broke off and flew in a different direction, but most followed their commander's lead. Flight 19's radio transmission soon became increasingly faint as it meandered out to the sea. When fuel began to run low, Taylor was heard prepping his men for a potential crash landing in the ocean. With a quote, all planes close up tight. We'll have to ditch unless landfall. When the plane or when the first planes drop below ten gallons, we all go down together. End quote. A few minutes later, the Avengers' last radio communications were replaced by an eerie buzz of static. That's fucking terrifying. So to this day, Flight 19, and keep in mind, this was the like December of 1945. Oh, okay. Nothing 
of Flight 19 has ever been discovered. Uh, they sent out about 300 ships and aircraft afterwards to go and search for this. Um, two of the aircraft that flew off, one disappeared immediately. As soon as it went into the like Bermuda Triangle, it just disappeared. All connections, ugh, not connections, all communications were lost and it just disappeared. That is actually highly likely to the type of airplane that it was at the time was very, very prevalent to just explode. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it's thought that that one probably just exploded and left nothing behind. Oh. However, that still doesn't explain why all five airplanes mm-hmm. of Flight 19 have, to this day, gone completely missing. Undetected, yeah. Um, and, like, if they, they... They did all plan to, like, crash land at sea. And the Avengers are all equipped with floating rafts and stuff for their pilots. So either all of the 14 pilots that were on board were killed on impact which is possible, and just swept out at sea, lost somewhere. But you'd think the life raft would still be... Well, the life, or, ra- the life raft wouldn't launch unless the pilots launched oh, them themselves. Oh, okay. But it's either that, like, they did land and got out into their life raft and somehow were missed by, like, 300 separate boats and aircraft, or... They delved into a different dimension. Dimension, dimension. There's a ton of, like, supernatural things that go along with the Bermuda Triangle. There's a bunch of alien stories and stuff that... (laughs) That's actually where Mesopotamia is. Or not Mesopotamia, what what did you say? Atlantis? No, the other one. What are you talking about? Naboo? No. Nibiru? Nibiru. Nibiru's another planet! Which exists in the Bermuda Triangle. That's oh horrible. my god. Anyway. Debunked! From what I've been looking up of the Bermuda Triangle, actually most of the like disappearances and stuff are extremely not supernatural. Most of them are like, I was driving a ship that had 700 pounds of TNT more than it was supposed to have. And suddenly the ship went disappearing. And it's like, oh, well, geez, I wonder what happened to that. Anyway. Uh, this one in particular is very, very strange just because, like, five airplanes disappeared without any trace and are still missing to this day. I really hate that. Yeah. Because mostly because, like, I've been on the water long enough to, like... But, it, but as she gets so, you, you become very accustomed to, like, I could die out here. Yeah, but, like, as someone who is on the water and stuff, like, you can be driving a boat and you can look down and you're like, I don't see shit. It's just black down it's there. It's literally just, yeah. Yeah. Like, nothing. So. Well, there's something. I'm, I'm not. I've also. I'm not of the belief that these ships just, like, these planes disappeared. I think they are down there somewhere. It's just that they were on the Gulf Coast. Sorry, not the Gulf Coast. The Gulf Stream. Which, even if they landed in the water, super strong current. It could drag them anywhere. Yeah. And, like, even if you were out on a boat, you'd never see it. Planes are heavy. They would sink. Yeah, they would sink. Yeah. Well, I mean, this kind of brings me to 
I feel like to, I didn't have this conversation with you. I think I had a conversation with the, one of the coworkers of mine. But there was a recently a a plane. I don't know. I can't remember what time it was from. Maybe World War Two. That was found in Gander Lake. So I'm from I'm from Gander, and mm-hmm. the Gander Lake is notoriously known for very very deep 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 waters. Like it's kind of like a joke that we all have that like there's no bottom. Nobody found the bottom of Gander Lake. Isn't it like an iceberg capital? Gander. No, no, oh. not at all. There's no, there's no sea. Never mind. There's just river. Or not river, but like, well, there's the Gander River and there's Gander Lake. Never mind. Essentially, though, like, the lake itself, like, they they just found, there's this guy in National Geographic that just had this, like, thing uh, published where he, like, has the first actual, like, documented pictures of this specific crash, this plane crash. Oh. Is it a World War II crash? I think think like i can google it really quickly gander luna won't stop licking me luna wants the pizza off your fingers luna you're unhinged i wonder where she's second yeah this is the second world war era bomber discovered in gander lake a bomber that's strange the aircraft was discovered by an international dive team on a steep ledge nearly 50 meters below the surface in a lake in central newfoundland that's hmm. it. And basically, so, like, what happened... I, actually, I don't know what happened in, to the plane itself. Yeah, but, yeah. like, look at the pictures. Like, you can see, like... Oh, yeah. The no, artillery. Just, like, pieces of the plane left. Oh, my God. Wow. That's well-preserved. Right? And apparently, like, it was difficult to see at first, obviously. That, that's it on the, the sonar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like um, nothing. But because of the tannins. The tannins in the lake were so... Like, they're so many of them that it just looked like brown and it just would absorb any light that you try yeah. to hit it with. Yeah. And I mean, like, so this particular story of Flight 19 is very, very difficult because the planes were flying over open area. This was this was before real, like, radar and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, they were essentially flying blind and we don't have any real area of where they potentially went down or anything like that so we're searching the bermuda triangle which a lot of people think of the bermuda triangle as just a small area that's kind of like a supernatural thing hot spot it's like half a million miles squared it is a massive 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 area yeah that's fair anything can happen in (laughs) Um, no, but seriously, like, the Bermuda Triangle, I think stuff does happen there, like, funky shit. But I don't know if they're paranormal. I kind of, I, I kind of yeah. agree with you in the sense that I don't think it's paranormal. I think, however, might be something to do with the magnetism of the Earth and the fact that some areas of the Earth, like, geographically, are just difficult to get radar, difficult to get your Perhaps, bearings, I mean, difficult like, to get things I, there. Like, it's just based off of the fucking yeah. axis of the Earth. The yeah, way that T- Taylor was saying that his, like instruments were malfunctioning and stuff like that while he was flying so um i'm not gonna bring it to you tonight but lake michigan's triangle michigan's triangle lake michigan that's where they got the octopi from that's where they got the octopi from threw it on the ice so you can't get your octopi but uh lake michigan actually has some very very supernatural nonsense isn't that that song Legend lives on from the Chippewan down to the big lake they call Gitchagoomi. I like that one. That's not 
Michigan. Oh, great song though. The Great Lakes, isn't it? Superior. I think, I think yeah, it's like superior. superior. Anyway. Oh, I read about that. My my dad loves this shit. Oh, it's a great should... song. I was listening to that today, actually. Um, actually, speaking of this kind of stuff, though, like I just wanted to bring up the fact that I was on a boat today, and they Gross. were doing a a SAR uh, exercise, so like a search and rescue exercise, um, that involved like they do it every year. They involve the U.S. Coast Guard, the regular like our Canadian Coast Guard and um rcmp and stuff and they do like a a big mock exercise for uh for if like something were to happen on the water and stuff and so it's just it's just interesting because we obviously use our radars and stuff now and most boats are equipped with ais which is an automated identification system and i think it's automated a ais makes sense um but basically (laughs) all all boats have their specific signatures and we can see them on the gi or GPS system when they come up, but there's specific vessels like you could have like a police mode or a police thing in it, and it's like you can see everybody's, but they can't see you. Okay. So it's kind of stealthy that way. But I just think it like obviously back then they didn't have that type of technology, but when you get in a certain situation where it's like foggy or you don't know where you are and stuff, I've never thought about it in the air. But obviously that that happens where you're yeah. like super foggy and you're like fuck I can't. Yeah, fly I mean like conditions. when you're out at sea and you're surrounded by fog, you can so quickly be disoriented and just be like I don't know which way I'm going anymore. Yeah, and if I, you're, and I if can't you're imagine in the if air, you're in the air, it's even worse probably. Yeah, because so. then you can't see down, you can't really see up. Yep, and you're literally just in in you're it. floating you're in. in purgatory basically. You're not you're not even anywhere, but you are in it. But yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's my story for today. It's cool. Both of our stories involved flight. <laughs> I guess so. What is the what is the top what is the theme of this? What not theme? What is it called? What is the fucking title of this one gonna be? I don't know, but Luna just keeps Luna. Gotta be something about flying. Luna like, is insane with her licking. Flight nineteen and the nineteen days of Drosophila <laughs> melon gas. <laughs> Something nice. like that. The lesser-known Christmas carols. Yeah. The lesser-known Christmas carols. But yeah. Um, that's... Do you have anything to add? I'm looking at Logan if nobody can hear me. Look at him. Mm. Yes, you. No, nothing to add. Oh. It's a Zoom meeting. No, nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. Move it along. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Moderately Mediocre Podcast. We are so happy to have you here, despite the sarcasm in my voice. We are. We are genuinely fucking happy because, honestly, the more ears that listen to us, the more we feel validated in the things that we do because we don't do this for anything other than literally just to have a good time. Yeah, it's true. If you have any ghost stories, I would like for you to send them our way. Are you saying it's so aggressive? Because no, because we I, want them aggressively. I want, them. I want ghost stories so bad. Only like ones that are like moderately ghosty. I don't like. I don't like very spooky, spooky stuff. No, no I want the spooky, spooky stuff. Send I'm gonna want to sleep, so. Richard. You'll, you'll sleep. Regardless, if you have any ghost stories, please feel free to send them via DM on Instagram. Our Instagram is Moderately Mediocre Podcast. And you can find us through email as well at moderatepod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we'll also be throwing out the link for our Discord and posts shortly. 
Yes, and if you would like to engage in the discussion over there, that would be greatly appreciated because sometimes we just want to send pictures of our cats and dogs and pets and stuff, and we really appreciate those. Of course. Thank you for having a beer with us. Thanks for having a beer with us. We appreciate you, and stay moderate. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Richard. This has been TJ. And And you a beer. (laughs) <laughs> You're not changing your name now. Oh, it's just a long drink about. No. Okay. Anyways, thanks for having us. Goodbye. Bye.